I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Carl Jung, the 20th century psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, described in his meeting a particular, described in his autobiography, excuse me, a particular meeting with a Hopi elder in New Mexico in 1925. The Hopi elder, known as Chief Mountain Lake, and Young had gotten to know each other and trust each other. Chief Mountain Lake revealed that his people did not understand the white people they met. He said, their eyes have a staring expression. They are always seeking something. What are they seeking? We do not understand them. We think they are mad. Young asked Chief Mountain Lake to elaborate, and Mountain Lake replied, they think with their heads. Young said, why, of course. (laughs) What do you think with? We think here, said Chief Mountain Lake, and he pointed to his heart. Well, it's not clear that Young understood all he needed to about the Hopi members of the tribe and the native cultures to deliver some of his later theories. This encounter can still push us to think about what a heart-centered approach to our faith and our world might look like. It might, in fact, look like how we respond to a holy interruption. And our gospel reading today gives us the holy interruption of baptism. In the gospel of Matthew, this is the first meeting between Jesus and John. John has just told his followers that there is one to come who is greater than he, who will baptize his followers with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then immediately after that, we have today's scene where Jesus arrives at the Jordan River expressly to be baptized by John. This is a holy interruption in John's life because as much as John was expecting Jesus, he wasn't expecting to baptize him. John was thrown off guard by Jesus' request and even insistence for baptism. John knows that Jesus is greater than he, so John shouldn't be baptizing Jesus. That's the way it goes. But even more so, John was inspecting Jesus to come this way, so gently, with only a few followers, no army, no winnowing fork, indeed no fire. And yet after Jesus says, let it be so now, John consents. And with this consent, with his consent, John lets God interrupt him. John, Jesus interrupts John's plan for the day. He interrupts John's understanding of who the Christ will be, and John's understanding of his own lesser role. And with his consent, John makes himself obedient to God's unfolding plan in Jesus the Christ. With his consent, John says yes, and more than yes. But John isn't the only one who is obedient to God's holy interruption. Jesus, too, consents. Jesus, the divine, agrees to be baptized by a human being and forgiven of sins that are not his own. And with his consent, Jesus is showing solidarity with us, those whom he's come to serve and for whom baptism will serve as our moment of consent to God. 
Jesus is showing that his life and death will be marked by continual obedience to God. And indeed, Jesus' baptism serves as his commissioning into ministry the rest of his life. This comes at the start of his ministry in the Gospel of Matthew, this scene. But even after both Jesus and John have consented to this baptism, God interrupts again. God breaks into the moment of the baptism itself and anoints Jesus as God's beloved and with the Holy Spirit. This is this public moment of epiphany, a revealing of Jesus' divinity to all who are present. Jesus' consent to this baptism, again, is yes and more than yes. Because consent is more than simply saying yes. When we respond with consent to a holy interruption, God's, which is God's inbreaking in our lives, we are responding from our hearts. We are doing what Mountain Lake thought we could not. We are thinking with our hearts. Because consent has a heart-centered meaning, with its origin in the Latin sentiri, which means to feel. And the translation of consent for the original Greek in Matthew is widespread and suggests that saying yes to God's interruption is a feeling response, is a heart-centered response from us. Indeed, a wholehearted response because we are agreeing to a way of life. We are being asked to face and deal with God's interruption rather than running away from it. We are being asked to be present to the situation which we may not like, but which we must approach with vulnerability and openness and love. Consent does not mean we do everything laid before us, but rather it asks us not to resist what we know in our hearts is ours to do. Consent is about hope and obedience to God's goodness and faith in God's love. For us, a heart-centered approach to God's interruption in our lives can look like many things. It can be how we adapt and grow if we lose our job or if some other tragedy befalls us. It can be how we discern whether to push ourselves to take on a new project or a new position or even reach out to make new friends. It can be when we trust that God is in control, however we define that, when a friend faces cancer. It can be when we respond with goodness and kindness to, oh, say, airline representatives and fellow travelers in moments of frustration or after a delayed or canceled flight. We experience interruptions frequently in life, and what makes them holy is our openness to understanding that God is at work and to respond by thinking with our hearts, as Mountain Lake described it. Rachel Held Evans was a lay theologian, author, and Episcopalian who died quite young. In her posthumously published book called Wholehearted Faith, she writes that she's come to believe that wholehearted faith isn't just coming to terms with her heart, but understanding how God has knit together her heart and the hearts of those around her, the hearts of those with whom she interacts. And therefore, she writes, wholeheartedness is about seeing and comprehending her place, like us, our place, her place in, in a bigger family of faith. 
Baptism offers us, God's people, just this, an opportunity to consent to God's holy interruption, an opportunity for this wholehearted response to God in community. We have three baptisms this morning at our eight, this 8.30 service, and it's a good time to remember that baptisms are important holy interruptions in our lives. For starters, they interrupt the flow of our regular service, and thank God for that. But even more so, baptisms are a time when we consent to God. Our parents consent for us, saying yes to live the way of Christ. It's a time when the whole congregation again consents to live the way of Christ. And we agree to be obedient to God in Christ, loving God and our neighbor. Baptisms are a time when we are declared beloved by God and receive the forgiveness of sins as a sign of who we already are, children of God. And for young children who are baptized, it's an incredible gift we give them, the knowledge of God's love for them, their status as children of God, and the forgiveness of sins that comes with God's grace. And baptisms are also our commissioning into ministry as for Jesus. It's when we are sent forth to be the hands and feet of Christ. Baptism as a holy interruption and our wholehearted consent to baptism is our call to serve, to love, and to respect the dignity of every human being. That is part of what Rachel Held Evans understood, that a wholehearted faith means knowing we are part of this bigger story of faith, with our hearts knit together. Whole heart, as in all the hearts together as one, as in thinking with our hearts. Now, maybe your baptism was a long time ago or in a different tradition. For you, the Episcopal Church also offers the rite of confirmation, which is our chance to confirm baptismal vows no matter where you took them or who took them on your behalf. So confirmation allows us as teenagers or adults to confirm these vows in the Episcopal Church. It's a chance to say yes to the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement, as our presiding bishop calls it. And it's a chance to say yes with our whole hearts. Confirmation, like baptism, allows a holy interruption in the lives we are already leading to reassess and recommit ourselves to following Jesus the Christ. And it's also, confirmation is also a commissioning of sorts so that we, like Jesus, like those who are baptized, are sent to minister to those who need to hear and see the good news in action. As a Yet, as important as confirmation is, today is the day of baptisms. And may we, on this day that we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, affirm our baptismal vows with gusto and with consent, so that we say yes to God's holy interruption, say yes to being God's beloved, say yes to serving and loving our neighbors, but not just yes, more than yes as we respond to God in Christ with our whole hearts knit together as one. Amen.